Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the Michelle Meow Show. Today is Sunday, so that means we will be hearing from BB Sweetbriar. Let's welcome It's Everything with BB Sweetbriar. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of It's Everything with me, your hostess, BB Sweetbriar. It is here where we promise to bring you everything, every time for everybody. And I'd like to say that I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving and didn't eat too much. I know I did, but, you know, that's me because I get the chance to sit here this Sunday and have my gut just sticking out there for everyone to see if you're nearby. But, <laughs> but I hope you guys had a good one and everything was uh, went well with family and friends at home or wherever you chose to spend it. Um, today we kind of have a busy show because I have two great interviews um, coming up. First up, I have an interview with the founder of the very first trans modeling agency. And the interesting first trans modeling agency out of L.A. called Slay Models Management. The founder's name is Cecilia Asuncion, and he's lived in San Francisco for many, many, many years and is down in L.A. and started this agency primarily because he believes that one's gender identity should not stop them from reaching their goals, nor should they be discriminated against when pursuing those goals. So I'm going to have an opportunity to share his beliefs, his thoughts, and where he would like Slay Models Management to go, for it is the all, all the models must be trans in order to um, be a part of this agency. So we're going to speak with Cecilio right after these messages. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on by joining our community. Each week, we send out an email that covers important things taking place in the Progressive Voices Network and throughout the progressive world. Be the first to know of upcoming shows, schedule changes, exclusive programming, and more. Simply go to ProgressiveVoices.com and sign up for our mailing list. It's that easy. ProgressiveVoices.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining the Progressive Voices community. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the Michelle Meow Show. Today is Sunday, so that means we will be hearing from BB Sweetbriar. Let's welcome It's Everything with BB Sweetbriar. Hi, Cecilio. How are you? Good. Oh, well, that's good. Well, you've got um, something very good going on or something very different and something that meets, obviously, a tremendous need um, down in L.A., with um, your new modeling agency that is geared strictly toward transgender uh, men and women and slay model slay model management. Um, now I know of your documentary that you did primarily with the trans women from San Francisco called "What's the Tea," um, which went on to um, capture many awards at different different festi- film festivals across the country and, and probably even the world. I, I'm not even for sure how much you got, but I know it was received very well. Um, it, was that kind of the catalyst to you reaching out for other types of, um, bringing other types of um, transgender issues to the forefront and then thus the slay model management? 
Like, really, that was my start with involvement in the trans community was the documentary with he and throughout this process. You know, I got to meet a lot of trans women and men, and I was, um, started a non-profit, um, Trans Drive, which is headed by Ida, and just, I've met a lot, even just through the film festival round, mm -hmm. um, I was, you know, I got to speak at the University of Colorado, um, at Stanford, at Pace University, so just a lot of universities in uh, the U.S. You know, it, it really opens your eyes. You know, as a, as a gay man, it's really, one, I've learned that it's like we have to, like, really know each other within the LGBT umbrella. Right. You know, it's all like, oh, you know, you stick to your same kind, which is really stupid, because it's like, it's what makes the world beautiful, the differences, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the, you know, the major things that I feel, and I've heard, and experienced firsthand, is that employment needs to be it, you know, is one of the main areas that the trans community needs help with. And, you know, I've always loved fashion and I've loved models and I said, you know what? I truly believe that trans women are beautiful. And why not? Well, it's, only, it's even really funny is because many times um, men and women, trans men and women, unless they tell you you wouldn't even know anyway. So it's like, right. so with that being, so with that being said, it's like, then why is it a distinction that even needs to be made? Um, because, exactly. you know, there are, as we even know, you have this agency, agency, Slay Model Management, which is definitely making men, uh, trans men and women across the country. And, and pro I, I don't know if you're going to extend beyond, feel a lot more comfortable, I'm sure, being represented by somebody who definitely feels who, accepts who they are, number one, but also um, treats them with the respect that they deserve and, and nothing differently. Um, I'd like to think so, and because my film was technically done in 2012 and we did it out in 2013, I'm somebody who's actually, you know, like, connected to the community and not just some random person who's capitalizing on the reason. Right. Good point. Good point. Yeah, I mean... You, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean and um, totally understand that. Um, because there are... Before this agency began, we all know there are trans models out there, some of them openly out right. and some of them not. Um, right. and, and I think, you know, I think in one of your... Um, uh, Bios on the on the on the story on the company mentioned you know, Lauren Foster, who will also be yeah, on this program as well. Um, that um, that we're speaking to, and um, you know she for many 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 years was a model that no one knew was trans. So um, you know, so many so many of them still feel that they have to, um, you know live under an assumption uh, not so different than, you know, any other types of races and things of that nature from back in the day who had to, you know, there have been many African-American models who were fair-skinned enough that people thought were white. Oh. Yeah, so, you know... This right, and there's all those differences that have to just be embraced. I mean, if you really think about it, like, maybe, like, there's still no true, like, 
seasonal supermodel. Like okay. three years ago was the first time Victoria's Secret had an Asian woman in it, and it was Lou Wen. And, and this is like, 2014. 15. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. And, you know, and it's like we're celebrating that now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, oh. the fact that we even have to say that is is, right. is is sad, embarrassing. It shows that you know everybody talks about progress that we've made in civil rights, human rights, all those things. And granted, we have, but it's kind of ironic that some simple stuff is still left behind. Right, exactly, I agree, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's really, like, when I think about the models that we have in place, it's really, like, if you look at them, you know, I, I'm very proud of all of my girls, and, you know, and to me, it's simply this, if someone can do the job, let them do the job. There you go. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's simple. Now, you, you mentioned your, your ladies, do you have any trans men signed thus far? I am in the process of signing um, a couple. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at a couple of them. It's, you know, people should, you know, always, always apply um, with our company because, you know, of course, it's it's only, it's always cyclical. And, you know, the more, the merrier. I think it's like, if if you're proud of how you look and you think, you know, you have um, the gumption and the looks. Go, go ahead. You know, send your application right. and we'll do it. Now, are you are you concentrating with your models on a specific um, genre? I guess is the right way to use the word to use in modeling, or are you covering the whole gambit? Runway, print, um, acting, commercials. Are you doing everything, or are you specifically, you know, doing one of those areas? No, we're definitely doing all. I mean, and that's the whole point. It's like, in order to be, you know, be a successful model, not just a slave model, whether you're a cisgender or a transgender model, it's important to be flexible Mm -hmm. and personal. Because that's when you make money. You can't just, you know, I think when you go into something and you specifically pigeonhole yourself and say, I'm going to be a runway girl, specifically, you're, you know, you're debilitating yourself, and if we're in the process of changing minds, you know, it, it, it's good for you to come in with a mindset of, I'm going to learn how to be a commercial girl. I'm going to learn mm-hmm. how, yeah, I'm going to learn, and you know, this is what we're here for. We're going to help you, mm-hmm. you know, help with what you need in order, because the more flexible you are, which means the more jobs you'll get, which means the more job, you know, the more percentage we'll get. And everybody working with the content happy. Yeah. <laughs> so within the agency then, um, if I'm hearing you correctly, then, so if I came to you as a trans model um, prospect, and uh-huh. just as you were saying, it's like, okay, I, I want to be a runway model because I know that I can do that. I'm tall enough. I, you know, I can do that. But I really have an interest in being a spokesmodel, which means that I have to know how to speak to a camera, those types of things. But I don't quite have those skills. Um, are you able to help with the getting those skills with training? Yes, yeah, that's exactly what we do. What happens is we build your book with, you know, with really talented photographers. Um, Genesis Ilana is one of them. 
you know, her work has appeared in Vogue Italia, mm-hmm. and Vogue Magazine, and, you know, we really help you. And then, like, last week, at the agency we just had, um, Efren Delgado is really a, a master makeup artist, and, you know, gave them a whole day of teaching them how to do their makeup, because that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's, don't sign with me, and then I send you out there into the world. It doesn't work like that, because... I want people to know when I send you somewhere, oh, she's, she's a sleigh girl. Not because she's trans, but because she's on time, she looks good, she has a strong book, and she's professional. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, it's really sad to say, but I know that with all minority groups, you know, the whole spectrum, whether it be race, you know, religion, gender, identity, whatever... Um, you know, that old saying, whatever we do, we'll always have to work that much harder in order to be right. a recognized for a talent that really doesn't shouldn't have to work that hard to be recognized. But that's just kind of the luck of the draw. So I'm sure it's it's really you, you kind of are spreading that message that. Not only do you need to be on time, girl, you need to be early. Not only do you need to be, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that kind of thing is so that because sometimes, unfortunately, that's what we have to do is be the cream of the crop and not just the crop. Exactly. And that's the thing, baby. It's like, I'm a double minority too, you know what I mean? I'm gay and I'm Asian. And we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? what what I love about the girls is that they, you know, I talk to them. I'm like their their mother, their father, their brother, <laughs> and we we're, they learn from one another. You know what I mean? They learn the good things, sometimes they learn the bad things, and it's my job to really make sure that it's primarily a sisterhood. But it's like you know, look at Ren, look at how she poses, look at how Arise walks, mm-hmm. and. The thing is, it's like when we go to open calls or anything like that, when we all went to the casting call for LA Fashion Week, yeah, I was brimming with pride because, you know, here's my group of girls, and they looked amazing, and they were there helping each other, and, you know, when you see the slay models against a sea of cisgender models, like, you see that they're you know, they're just as good, if not better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they really just needed the chance of, you know, of, of coming together and, be, and show the world, you know what, we're beautiful and we can do this. We can walk. We right. can do this. Somehow. Right. Well, speaking of that, because you're talking about the calls and sending your models out uh, on them, you know, all different types of things. There's obviously in your mind and, and in many minds that there's, a case of discrimination that goes on with trans models um, once they're discovered or what have you, if someone knows that. So how are you dealing with actually being able to present your girls, knowing that you are a specific transgender modeling agency? You know what it is, I think what I really offer to the table is that I'm just me, I'm very honest. If we're already talking, mm-hmm. you already know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. I'm here to bring my girls to show them how they walk, how they present themselves, if they fit the sample size, if they can do the job. So it's really not about tokenism of, oh, they're hiring one trans girl for the runway show. It's mostly, 
they already know what they're getting. Mm-hmm. You know, they already know he's trans. So really, when I get there, it's the relationships I've built with the PR houses, the fashion houses, the designers, and all of that, that it's really, oh, okay, she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, after we have this conversation, their gender or sexual orientation is really a non-issue. You know what I mean? But yeah. Well, what about what about your prep for your models to deal with cis models who, you know, might have some animosity, um, might have some fear, um, all, you know, things that would make it maybe uncomfortable um, with your models in a group of non-transgender models? Well, that's the thing. They, they get to be... They get to be professional, and I get to be the scary bitch that protects them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, I mean, the truth is, it's like nobody, you know, so far, it's really, when you really, 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 really think about it, maybe, the models who are walking now and all that, mm-hmm. alongside my girls, they're like 16, 17, 18. Which means they have a different awareness towards the LGBT. Exactly. Community. Yes. I was. I was going to. So get they're not, a whole different ball not, than twenty years ago, ten years ago. Yeah. So they don't. They're really not shady towards the girls. If anything, they're like, "Oh my God, girl, what do you use for your skin?" You know what I mean? It, there's a, a place of admiration. I haven't really heard anyone being shady towards them or anything like that. And, I think it's because my girls handle it well, too, that it's like, you know what, I'm here, I'm here to do a job, and it's not kiki time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, well, how, how, I mean, how, so I would say that this is very significant in pushing things even more forward. For instance, as you are probably well aware that this year in 2015, there was the first ever that anyone can find, um, um, LGBT Fashion Week, where fashion designers, models, you know, hair, right. hair stylists, all of it were from the LGBTQ community. And, you know, I, I think back, I'm in my mind like, what the heck does it mean it's the first one? You know, not only because, and I'm not trying, to, try, not trying to sound stereotypical, but, you know, we know how many gay people, LGBT or LGBT people are in the fashion industry, so why did it take all this time to have a fashion week um, dedicated to that segment? But what I found, but what I found interesting in this is that how many corporate America wanted to be involved, um, and so it kind of made me feel good that. You know, hopefully at some point in time, not saying that you won't ever have to have slay model management, but that you won't ever have to think that your models have to do anything extra because there is seems to be, you know, by I don't know, last year, this past year has been a a wonderful year for the trans community. For various reasons, for various reasons, not just the high profile people that have made some headways, but even those who are day to day, you know, common folk have done a lot to propel the community in a forward uh, in a forward way. And I think I think this you and your group seems to be doing that as well, because like you said, 
even uh, fashion houses can see the interaction between their models who are cis and the models who are trans and say, you know what, this is a non-issue. Maybe they felt performing yeah. protecting their cis model, right. you know, when in reality there was nothing to protect because they were okay, you know what I mean? Um, right, exactly. Like, there's some days that I'm like, you know, I feel like, well, I hope they ever got here because they won't there's a fuck. You know, it's like, there's certain days that I'm like, I'm really happy that there's a consciousness, but, you know, you never know about a client. You never know about, you know, about a girl, how a girl would feel and how, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Just, that's just because what I'm very proud about is with the, with, with the model, they're models first, and they're trans women second. And that's how we will always present ourselves. It's like, no, it's just, we're not selling a gimmick. We're not selling something sensationalistic. We're selling someone who photographs beautifully, who can walk, and is professional. Mm-hmm. That's what we're You know? Well, I think you're doing something that is totally wonderful. And it, for any reason, is to give a trans person the confidence or the affirmation of saying, I can do it. Um, because there are so many who want to do various things, model, singing, acting, whatever in the arts, but just feel that they're never, ever going to be able to be accepted as who they are. And they don't want to lie or they don't want to, you know, uh, play, play you that game. If I can't do it openly and honestly as myself, then I'm not going to do it. You're giving them an opportunity for those who may have that feeling, an opportunity to say there isn't a company for you, that you won't even have to worry about that walking into the door of my agency because we're going to treat you as a model first. And, you know, trans may actually be in three or four down the line because we've got to train you, we've got to do all that. And... And then give them the confidence so that when they are put into the um, scenarios that you have to put them in, you know, on the calls and that type of thing, that they that for them being trans is way down the line so that they don't exude that um, insecurity or what have you that they may have walked through your door with. Right. And, and I think that's the thing, like tying it in with what you were saying earlier, that it's like, like the fashion industry, who is mostly, you know, and I don't know if this is a speaking generalization, but this is what we were agreeing upon earlier, that it's like, everybody, there's a lot of LGBTQ members up in that industry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in my head, really, there are some times that I've, I've been asked for, like, an interview, or I've been asked that it's like, why do you do this? And in my head, I'm like, why hasn't anyone done this? It's a better question. You know what I mean? It's, and in my head, honestly, if you get down to the basics of it, of like being friends with somebody else in the, in the, in the giant rainbow of color they all live in, it's like they also transfer a trans other out. You know what I mean? It's like they have us, like we're so long, and look at all the liberties that we have as gay men. Why can't we return the damn favor? Right. Hire them. Right. Do you, do you think that, I mean, I know you're in L.A. now, which is definitely where you know, fashion is, um, do you think you'll be expanding your agency, New York, um, uh, in other, other large markets where, um, modeling is, you know, a big part, um, of the fashion industry? Are you planning on trying to expand or, 
that's a question to even ask. I always teach the models that I have to dream and to dream big. And if I don't do that for myself, they're not going to believe me. You're yeah, right, so, right. Uh, Good point. <laughs> I, you know, I want to settle up in L.A. I want us to be very big and very strong there. And then, yes, I want to I wanna have a Slay Models New York. I want to have a Slay Models Asia based in Thailand or in, in Manila. Mm-hmm. You know, I want one in Paris, you know, and, because, it's, you know, it's dreaming free, and why not? <laughs> you know? Right. Well, and, you know, like that old saying is, you know, why dream it when you can be it? And I I, I think exactly. the phrase needs to be um, a little tweaked and say, you know, dream it, then be it. But um, because you have to have those dreams. Um, you have to have uh-huh. something to set a goal in which to attain. And so dreaming is very, very important. And even when we watch the telly these days or the films that give us those, you know, dreams don't have to always be presented in a way that looks like they're unachievable. And I remember watching old movies and TV shows that these dreams that you would see would be so unachievable most of the time. I mean, they were presented in an unachievable way. But now you kind of see a lot to the to the credit of some media stuff is that the dreams seem to be more commonplace and more like if right. I do dream, it gives me something to work toward and I can reach it. And uh, and I right. tried to say that that is now kind of a little bit of a twist. It starts instead of seeing these things are just so far fetched. Do you know what I mean? That it definitely would take right. a look of God <laughs> to do it. You know. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm glad that we see that. But I'm really glad that you have stepped in and stepped up for the trans community in this way. And giving all these beautiful men and women an opportunity um, that I'm sure they've only dreamed of before. And um, it has to be a well, that, that being said, Stevie, honestly, there, it, it, it's a very symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. That it's like, you know, I'm giving them this opportunity, but they're giving me an opportunity as well, because they're making my dream come true of being an agency owner and a model manager. Mm-hmm. So I always like to think of it that way, that, because I think that's the only way that everybody will stay humble. Because I think if there's like a consciousness of, oh, well, I'm doing this for you, that's, I think that's why it's never worked before, for, you know what I mean, for other right, because, people. Well, like you said before, um, uh, you, there's probably some uh, not legit motive to why people were trying to capitalize and exploit the models as opposed to, you know, assist the models. Um, But speaking of that, because you did say earlier in our conversation that, you know, all models of interest, all trans models, trans men and women who have an interest in modeling should apply with you all. How do they do that? Um, If you go into our website, com. Under the About page, there is, the directions are there. Basically, there's a form you fill up, and then we go in contact you, and then you get to send your photos in. Okay. So it's really easy. It's it just it it, go on the website and basically follow instructions, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it would happen. Are, are you, how are you, um, I know you must have some type of um, 
um, soliciting process too that you do. You're not just waiting for models to come to you. Where are you? Where are you actually going out to find models? You know, it's, that's the thing. It's like a, uh, a scout job is never done. It's like whenever you're out, mm-hmm. you're working. Mm-hmm. And you can be having, I can be having a drink with my friends. And like one of our models, Olivia, we found her at the local AMC scooping popcorn. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's beautiful. And, you know, it's all over. because, And that's the good thing because of social media and with the consciousness of the trans community now. You know, people, at least for me, it's like I'm very attuned to it, so I know when, you know, a beautiful girl is around or a beautiful man is around. And it really just depends. Like, a number of the girls, I also uh, found them at Trans Pride in L.A. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, I remember, like, when we started doing the press and all of that, when the story was picked up, I had 485 applications to go through. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot, but that's also just another um, thing to show you that obviously there's a need for this because, um, and and like you know, like I said, I don't want to give the industry a bad rap by saying, you know, they're not willing to take or to utilize trans models because I think there is a trend to the difference. I it's just not fast enough, of course. But I think this helps the the trans model more so than anything because I'm all about people and not so much about things. And um you know it's like um they they need to be able to feel like they can reach this dream. And you're giving them that. You're you're giving them that step. You're making that like I, my analogy before is that you know this doesn't this no longer looks like an unachievable g uh, dream, and um, right. and that's that's just got to be good all the way around. That just helps everybody. And so, kud- I just want to say kudos to you on that. I have so many friends, so many friends in the trans community that, um, you know, they're family to me. And it's like, you know, if they bleed, I bleed. If You know, and I think that's true. I don't think very, I don't think it's been that way for the LGBTQ community where we've treated all of our brothers and sisters under those labels um, like that. Those are our brothers and sisters. And if they bleed, we bleed. Um, and not if they bleed, we'll take care of you sometime, you know, down the way. We'll put you in the law in the ICU for now, and then we'll come back and check on you later. And that's not all right. right. And I think the trans community has been that for so long. You know, we've all said we're going to go get ours, and then we'll come back and get you later. Um, you know, right. we need to address them now. And what I do love about it is the fact that so much of their progress in the past five years has really been within their own community, that they've initiated these changes and stopped waiting for others to come and help them. And, um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that now others are seeing the strength of the community and now feel maybe that that's what was lacking and they didn't want to help because there wasn't the strength there for somebody to kind of um, guide it through on their own. But it's definitely there now and definitely got the, they have the leaders in place to carry on 
the civil rights right. and human rights fight that, you know, we all will. Con- that's the whole thing about people talk about equality. Do you know as long as there are going to be human beings on this earth, there's going to be inequality? That's how it works. Unfortunately, yeah. God gave us the the uh, the power to reason and we reason differently. So we're always going to have some form of inequality. We just have to always continue to have leadership keep pushing the envelope. And, um, exactly. Yeah. So and you're one of those leaders. You're pushing that envelope. And so I applaud you on that. Thank you. You're making my mother very happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good because we have to make moms happy. That's what we have to do. Uh, so, you know, continue to do what you're doing. And, um, you know, I'm just really happy that things are seem to be going in the right direction. And um, as we said before, models who are interested in, in being a part or contacting Slay Model Energy in management, excuse me, I want to say agency and management together, I said energy, um, but Slay Model Management, they need to contact the website at www.slay.com models with an s dot com and um and then follow the instructions for what you know there's a lot of information i'm sure about the company and then your application and so on and so forth so well good for you and i'm glad that thank you, you. i'm glad you took the time to speak to me a little bit about it oh my god thank you <laughs> thanks for having me Mimi. you're very very welcome okay take care take care bye-bye bye-bye Well, thank you. That was Cecilio Asuncion, the founder of Slay Models Management down in L.A., which is the only across the world, not just in the country, the only all transgender modeling agency. As you heard him speak, currently I do believe their roster consists of primarily all trans women, but they are looking for trans men, all you have to do if you're interested in um, applying to be on the roster is go to www.slaymodels, that's S-L-A-Y, models.com. There you'll be directed to all the information that you need. So I want to thank Cecilio and good luck in the future with the agency. We're going to take another commercial break and when we return, I'll have my next guest by the name of Lauren Foster and we'll talk about who she is in a moment. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn. Please help us grow. Tell your friends to tune in to Progressive Voices. Find out more at ProgressiveVoices.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the Michelle Meow Show. Today is Sunday, so that means we will be hearing from B.B. Sweetbriar. Let's welcome It's Everything with B.B. Sweetbriar. Well, hello there. Welcome back. Thank you for staying with us because I'm very excited to introduce to you our next guest, someone I totally enjoyed speaking with a little bit ago, and I think that you'll enjoy the conversation. Lauren Foster is presumed to be the very first transgender woman model in Vogue pages. Um, She appeared in the Vogue Mexico back in 1984 in a five-page spread, and subsequent to that um, was outed by a photographer 
um, that she was trans. And from then, from there on, the ball was running with her transgender identity. She's also the first trans person to be on the Real Housewives franchise, appearing regularly on the Real Housewives of Miami. Um, since all of this notoriety has come Lauren's way, she has actually put all of it to good use um, by starting a website that is called justanothergirl.org, um, which is to help trans teens in particular, but trans women in general with their transition. It has full resources on where to find other information. And it also has a spiritual section, which she talks a little bit about um, during the interview. Uh, the one thing that also will happen, hopefully next year, I know she's in the process of writing it right now, is her memoir, also called Just Another Girl. And um, as she explains in our interview, it's not going to be just your regular run-of-the-mill uh, memoir because she says that story has already been told. So I'll let her tell you exactly what to expect in the memoir through our interview. But without further delay, here's my interview with Lauren Foster. Hi, Lauren. How are you? I'm great. I've heard so many great things about you. My friends uh, Roma and uh, Juanita Moore. Oh, yes. My ex-boyfriend, Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan, yes. Yeah, those are yeah, all great yeah. people that I adore. And, um, well, it's just really a privilege for me to have you on the other end. Um, you know, something that I have wanted to do with you for some time. So I really, you know, want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with well, me thank today. You. Thank you for, for, for those very kind words. They're very sweet. I'm just, I'm always humbled by that kind of attention because I really just strive to just be myself. That's always what I want to just be myself and just be, and I kind of was like thrust into this position yeah. um, that I find myself in now. And it's, you know, I embrace it fully and because I now feel it's like kind of my responsibility mm-hmm. to, to to teach and to, and, and to be an example, but it's difficult. I have to say it's difficult. It's not, this whole trans revolution is a little... Odd. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, it, it's kind of interesting because I know that you have stated that, you know, you were quite young, six or seven or so, when you realized that you weren't wired correctly, I think is the, is the, is the phrase that you use. Um, and, and, and I can understand that. But at what point, because at what point did you realize that there was a word for what you were feeling and then at what point did you realize there was something that you could do in order for the outer you to match the inner you you know at, at a very young age i realized that that there was something that was not wired right with me mm-hmm. um i must have been about five or six or seven i can't remember the exact age you know it's so long ago that, you know, one doesn't remember exactly how old, but I remember thinking that it was always wrong, and I always remember, like, lying in bed and hiding my male bits in between my legs, and when I would take a bath, I would lie down in the bath and hide my male bits between my legs and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and then, and my parents were fortunately very, very, very supportive. Mm-hmm. and encouraged me to be myself. And, you know, I would always say to my mom, but mom, I'm just another girl, you know, and that, which is where that all came from. Mm-hmm. 
that depends on. But to answer your question, I was my mom was kind of fashionable, and we would go uh, to lunches at at this department store, and they would have um, fashion shows and stuff like that. The other women would like look at the dresses that had been modeled around while they had tea and cake and whatever. And I, my mom would drag me along, and I saw this girl that was a window dresser at the time. Her name was Cherise Thompson, mm-hmm. and she was trans. And I sensed that we were the same. Mm-hmm. And she kept on looking at me, and I kept on looking at her because you know I looked like a girl, except I was you know dressed in boy clothes. Uh-huh. You know, I was kind of like a hippie kind of thing. I had bell bottoms and cast down tops and like wooden jewelry and stuff like that, which my parent, my mother totally allowed me to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I became friendly with Sharif, and at that time I was about thirteen years old, and she said to me, "This is this is who you are." And, you know, and there was not, no word, then it, then it was called, we were called sex change. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. it was. I mean, it was, you know, that's an old term, but, you know, I'm an old girl. <laughs> and, <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> and, and, um, and, and she, you know, she got me, we would meet, every, I would, after school, I would go and see her, and, uh, we would we would like hang out. We would have milk and cookies, and we would hang out in the stairwell of this department store. And she and I would just grill her like every every once a week, every week when my mom went. I would I could see myself when my mom went shopping, and she I would sit on the stairwell with her, and we would talk about stuff. And I'd say, okay, so what do I do now? What do mm-hmm. I do? And she'd say, okay, grow your hair out, do this, you know, start these hormones. I'm like, well, how do I get these hormones? And she said, well. I'll give them to you. Mm-hmm. And I started taking hormones when I was like 14. And, um, and and then she introduced me to her surgeon and to the psychiatrist. You know, you have to go through a formal thing. Right. And and, and I went through all of that. By the, I graduated high school when I was 15 years old. And I started, I, I was already on hormones and dressing as a woman. And I went and saw Dr. Crichton and he said, well, you know, I need to meet your parents, you need to go through all the psychiatric stuff, and I did all of that. And I said, okay, I need to do this ASAP. And he said, well, you have to be 18. So I said, okay. But when I was 18 years old, I got on the plane, he had, he had moved to Swaziland, and I got, went, got on a plane, went to see him, had my parents pay for everything, came home a woman. You know, and it, it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting hearing the stories that, well, reading the stories from various, you know, sources of interviews with you and even, you know, things that you've done on YouTube. And I know that you mentor teens or or youth. um, I do, I do. Going through their transitions or trying to figure out who they are and what have you. And it must be kind of refreshing for them when they listen to your story to hear it so positively spoken because you had support from your parents you seem to have gone through your adolescent years other than trying to make again the outer you match the inner you issue you didn't seem to go through a lot of detriment with friends family and all of those things which so many young people have been faced with so so how 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 have how's been some of the responses that you've gotten from some of the young people 
when you sit down and you tell them your 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 journey. You know, Phoebe, I have to tell you know I'm not you know I, I I'm sharing my story with you, but sometimes I have to be careful and not gloss over my life mm-hmm. because that they don't want to hear that I've had it. It hasn't all been bells and whistles for me. They, because a lot of times they've had struggles. But then again, I, I'm mentoring a girl in New York. Her parents reached out to me through a mutual friend. But, um, and they have found, and they're, full, they're like my parents, fully supportive. And, but they, had, they were monitoring her internet, and they found out that she was, like, posing escort ads and wanting, because she wanted it done quicker than her parents would do. Right. So she was wanting to make money, and she was, she was wanting to escort. And they were like, you have to speak to her. Please help her understand it. We're here for her, but we can't do that. So I had to take her, you know, on a trip to York, I had to sit her aside and say, look, you have to understand that, you know, you have to wait until you're 18. You have to do all these things. And she understood. And mm-hmm. we came to a little term of it. And now I, you know, she doesn't know that I'm speaking with her parents on the side. Of, um, you know, that, I, that they know that she knows what, what we're doing. What's going on, yeah. But it, it, it helps. I speak a lot, not only with the children, but also with the parents. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like a conduit between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I, 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 make the, I make the teen understand that, you know, everything's going to be fine. And that you just have to go through a process because everybody does, no matter what you do. Right. If you, if you, want, if you want your breast done, a woman wants a boobs done, she has to go and see a doctor. She has to get her blood checked. She has to have a physical. She has, you know, it's just a normal thing. Everything is a process. Nothing right. is just, you don't just wave a magic wand. And so I, also, I try and make them understand that. And also, we do know that, so I'm really glad that you have an opportunity to be that one-on-one with with young people and, um, you know, whatever your experience is, it, it is good to share because I do believe that the media still paints such a bleak um, future for trans. Oh, it makes me it makes me so mad yeah. when they do that. And you know what? It's I, first of all, I love being a woman. Mm-hmm. I love being a girl. I love being a girl. I've had I, I, I when I when I read about my trans sisters and, and they're saying you know well you know men uh, you know we have a hard time with men and blah blah blah. And I'm like I've never had a hard time with a man ever mm-hmm. not once. My ex-boyfriend loved me for who I was. I mean, you know how many followers he had. Like, right. he would tell the world about me. <laughs> he doesn't care. My, the one before that was the same. I mean, I, I've never had a problem. I think you have to be, live an authentic life. And you have to be true to yourself. Embrace being a woman. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It's a gorgeous thing to be a woman. We have so, we, although it is a struggle, a lot of times it's the same struggle that every other woman has. Mm-hmm. So just embrace it. It's, what's, you, what's your option? Your option is to, to what, curl up and die? Right, right. I like what you said there, is your struggles are very much the same as being a biological woman. It's not, you know, and, and embrace that, that you're walking into something that you might think is a limited few experiencing, but if you look at it all, all women are going through very similar um, situations, regardless of what they came into this world as you know what I mean so um I think that's a good that was a good point and a good message to send out there um as well now earlier in the conversation you did mention to me that you know some of the way the world looks upon you as being you know a pioneer 
and a strong voice in the trans community that that isn't really the way you set out to live your life, of course, and that I, I'm assuming that once you were in vogue. I never wanted to be a trans celebrity. Mm -hmm. I never wanted, and I, and I find all this, this attention to be quite, I don't know, I don't know if I like it. Because I feel like the world looks at us differently now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Caitlyn Jenner doesn't speak for me. No way. Right, right. She does not speak for me. I mean, I, I come from a world where I just want to be a girl. Right. I am a girl. I just want to be a woman. I don't want to be known as a trans celebrity, Lauren Foster. Right. I'm just, just you know, a girl living her life, a woman living her life. And that's, and that's how I've always been. I've but, never... but now that you, but now that it is, because this is really interesting to me when I, when I, because I've spoken to other trans women and trans men who have had similar stories where they've kind of been, you know, put into a position of, of being a role model or being someone that represents a group of people, you know, that they never set out to do. But now that they are, and because of the people that they happen to be or the person you happen to be, you've embraced it and you're going to make the best out of it that you can. Um, and so I'm just wondering if if you hadn't had um, an outing, so to speak, you know, um, I guess is the best way to put it as an outing, so to speak. Do you think that today would be different for you or do you think at some point in time you would have... Um, still be, you know, launch, would have launched yourself into something as a role model as you have become? Well, you know, the, the, how I was outed in 1984 was um, an, a, a photographer actually sold my story. And it, it came out in the Inquirer. It said, you know, Vogue model used to be a man. And it, had, and it actually had a picture of me before my surgery, which he had, which he had and then all these pictures afterwards. But the thing is, that was in 1984. You know that in those days, there was no internet. Right. Right? So, I, it came out in, like, it came out in the National Enquirer, it came out in Bunta, it came out in a bunch of, like, publications. But a week later, it was lining the bottom of a birdcage. <laughs> right. The life of those stories were very long. For a week, maybe a month. Maybe it was in a doctor's office and somebody saw it. But then eventually got thrown in the crash. So the story was gone. So I was able to carry on and live my life. And not now, of course. If, if it happened now, Jesus. Uh, when I was on Real Housewives, the first time I was on, you know how they show at the bottom it says Lauren Foster and says model. Mm-hmm. Then in the next season, it's uh, we were filming, uh, we were going to Gay Polo in Palm Beach. And we were all in the limousine, and Marisol said on camera, who better to go to Gay Polo in Palm Beach than transgender model Lauren Foster, like that. That little statement ended up, I, I think I got nine, nine and a half thousand tweets. That night, <laughs> she's transgender. Like you know, like, it's the, I thought you know I didn't break into it, of course, but it was it was I had never had that much attention ever in my life before, and she kind of outed me. So once you're out, you've been outed on a national television show, reality show. 
there is no turning back. There's none, yeah. You, there's no turning back. It's like you Google me, my age comes up, my ex-boyfriends come up, my everything comes everything. up. Everything, the, the DNA but, comes up. <laughs> everything, honey, everything. You, you have to understand that once that's out there, there's no undoing that. Yeah. There's no undoing. There's never, once, if something is on the internet, it's on the internet forever. Yeah. I will take it. So after that happened, I was like, okay, I'm going to embrace that. Actually, when John and I started dating, mm-hmm. he moved here and we were actually at the beach and paparazzi followed us to the beach. Me, nobody. Wow. And took a picture and it said transgender model Lauren Foster, or transgender housewife Lauren Foster is in love. And had a picture of us walking to the beach. I mean, craziness. Yeah. Craziness. That kind of, and I don't like that. I'm not built for that kind of, I'm not built for, for I'm not built for that at all. But and, and I, I have probably to people accept might it. Find and so now I, can, now I can use it to do something for it. And my, and, and it's very rewarding to give back to the trans teens. Right. That, 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 so that's now my gift. I'll embrace it. I will. I, 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 it's, it's my journey. Yeah. So I'm going to take my journey and turn it into a, a yellow brick road. I, I love that yellow brick. That's so that's wonderful. Um, because there are, like I said before, there are so many people, young teens out there who. I don't know. I see them every day. Um, I, I've spoken to many of them, and they just don't see their future being what they may have dreamed it could be when they were young. As they've gotten older and older, even if they've realized that I'm trans or... They can't see it. They can't see themselves being a doctor. They can't see themselves being a housewife. They can't see themselves be. They can't see it. They... I mean, it sounds really bad, but they Why? really... Why? Why can they not see it? That's, that's probably... I, I, that's they, probably because the, the stories, as we said, the stories that they're accustomed of either reading or seeing in the media have primarily been... Uh, another trans woman murdered or um, another trans woman in jail or um, a trans woman or man being rejected by their family, no friends, depressed, nothing positive, meaning that I've been able to live a fulfilling love life. I've been in love. I've been loved. I, you know, none of that is what the media or anything puts out there for them to hold on to. And then there's not that many stories out there. You have your story that you're now going to share in your memoir um, next so year. So, baby, what, you, what you're just saying, this makes me feel so good about this in this little son interview because you understand this mm-hmm. now. From what I'm hearing from your voice and from what you just said, you understand this. It is, it can be beautiful. It's mm-hmm. what you make of it. Mm-hmm. You have to be, she was either, and, and it comes down to being authentic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to be authentic. You have to be real. You have to be honest with yourself. You have to work hard. You can't just like expect people to accept you, like to accept you. Just, if you, if you really want this life, or any life, mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about a trans life, because I think that everybody transitions, whether you're trans, transgender or not, with your, I think straight people transition, they transition to another, 
chapter in their lives. Correct, correct. We, we all transition. You just have to work hard, do it, believe in yourself, and have love. Mm-hmm. If you have love, you find love, you take care of your body, you take care of a lot of things, you find love, trust me, love's going to find you. Mm-hmm. Acceptance will find you. Whatever you radiate will come right back to you. Yeah. I mean, it's just, well, I, I, that's what I believe. Maybe I'm drunk no, or too late. I, I don't know, but I'm drinking my own Kool-Aid. Yeah, I, that's what I believe. <laughs> nothing that someone told me. I, I think I think you're 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 hitting the nail right on the head there. And with with your upcoming or with your website, uh, just another girl. And um, what is it? Is it designed for you to actually kind of spread this type of? Um, message and this type of love for oneself and being true to yourself and authenticity. Is this what the website is going to do for those who seek information on it? Did you know, actually, yes, there there is a spiritual section of my website and it's inspired uh, uh, by my good friend Marianne Williamson, Mm -hmm. who's a best-selling author and spiritual guru. She married Elizabeth Taylor. She's one of Oprah's best friends. She is the most beautiful spiritual woman that I've known for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. And um, she, you know, she just, she also, I mean, I get a lot, I get a lot of my spiritual wisdom from her. Only love is real. That's her, one of her, her, her major, um, her, her main like, messages. Only love is real. And yes, everything is, everything is out there. Mm-hmm. If you believe in yourself, if you believe in love, and if you just radiate positivity, yes, it's there. And the message is there because there's a whole section on spirituality in my in my website. And there's actually, when you sign on to the site, there's actually a saying from, from Marianne on the, a quote from Marianne about the site. And also spirituality is genderless. That's true. The, the spirit has no gender. That's so true. The spirit has no, the spirit has absolutely no gender. It's there. It's real. It's it, it, it's you know, just just there. Yeah. This is that's the message that that that, that should be sent to trans trans teens, trans people everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's possible. It's not. It's this is not an impossibility. This is just another part of your life. This yeah. is just another facet. Well, transitioning. And- yes, we're transitioning, but you know, it's it's manageable. A transition is manageable. Now, are you currently still writing your memoir, or has that been done? Just I am. I'm actually leaving for New York tomorrow, and, and for the sole reason of finishing it, because if I stay here in Miami, it's season, and I will be going out every night. Right. In New York, it's going to be cold, freezing, actually, <laughs> and I'm going to be locked in this apartment with my computer and writing about it. Now, and I, it- my memoir is not going to be that that same memoir that has been because that story has been written many times before my story my memoir is going to be a love story oh that's great yeah. I was going to ask you that it's like um, you know what, where was the emphasis on the memoir going to be and you just answered that so that's that's great and I you know because I, I, I do believe you know it's really great to hear how much you've 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 um, benefited from love you know being in love and being loved 
And, you know, I, it's the best thing in the world. Yeah. I mean, even for, even if we take it back as being loved as a child, your parents loved you to the point where. And, 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 that's, and that's exactly the, the, the love story. Is that it is about a man and a woman, about me and another man. But then it's also about me and my parents, me and my friends, me and the community. Mm-hmm. It's a love story and, and it encompasses all, all, all of that. Yeah. The golden, you know. The golden rule—just—it's mm-hmm. all about love, and it's all about accepting yourself, and it's all about taking care of yourself, and 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 opening up yourself, and being authentic. Mm-hmm. I, I, that message definitely comes true, rings true for everything that you. Again, I'm just really pleased that I'm I'm able to speak to you and hear things from your mouth as opposed to reading. Them. <laughs> you know? um, right. I'm going to let you get back to. You know your your drudgery of getting ready for your your month long trip. So, all right, my darling. Okay. Thank you so much. You take care. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. It was a all mine. Totally all mine. Thank you so much. Wow, wasn't that some insight into not only Lauren's life, um, but also some advice um, to those out there who are transitioning? Like I, I said in the intro. Um, so much information for teens who are uh, beginning their transition. And there's just so many questions out there on what to expect or what to do. And uh, Lauren seems to be a great resource for those answers. So, again, that's Lauren Foster. You can go to her website, uh, justanothergirl.org, and find so much information there about Uh, being transgender, about where to go for other answers and answers directly on the side. I wish her well with her upcoming book called Just Another Girl, and I'm sure it will be a bestseller. I'm for sure it will be. We're going to take another break, and when we come back, I'll let you know what's happening before the holidays arrive. For listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on on Facebook. Like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices. On the Progressive Voices Facebook page, we update the stories that our hosts like Tom Hartman, Stephanie Miller, Bill Press, and Leslie Marshall will be talking about during their shows. And we share great news, commentaries, opinion pieces, and videos from all over the progressive world. Always progressive, always on. Be part of the progressive conversation. Like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the Michelle Meow Show. Today is Sunday, so that means we will be hearing from B.B. Sweetbriar. Let's welcome It's Everything with B.B. Sweetbriar. Well, thank you. Thank you again for staying with us. I hope you enjoyed our two guests. Um, we had Cecilia Asuncion, who is the founder of the only complete trans model agency in Los Angeles called Slay Models Management. And then our, our other guest was Lauren Foster, who's become somewhat of a transgender pioneer um, and activist. And um, I, I just love talking with her. And she has an, a um, website called justanothergirl.org, um, which you can go to for more information about uh, being transgender and, and resources that you may need. Again, I'll, let me go back to Slay Models Management. Their, their website is www.slaymodels.com. 
Um, so those were our guests, and I we have Christmas coming up very soon. So I know you guys are going to be shopping, and hopefully I have some information for you on our next guest that will be kind of it's all in the act of charity for some of these. I'll have interview. I have so many interviews coming up next week. We'll be talking briefly with Mary Wilson of the Supremes and Martha Wash of Dance Music Fame. Both of them will be doing a charity event um, in the following week after the, our interview for Richmond Airmit Foundation Aid Foundation. And then I'll be speaking with Kelly Mantle, who's an alum on season six of RuPaul's Drag Race. And she has a new song out that is um, all about bullying or, you know, talks about bullying and and, and it's kind of an inspirational song. Um, so we'll have that. And then we also have Bridget McManus, who is the comedian that you all know has been on Queen Latifah and other shows. And she's going to talk about her new um her new show on television. So that will be the roster for next week here on It's Everything. And until then, I hope you run a lot and get rid of all of that weight you put on while you ate for Thanksgiving. I know I'm going to need to do that. So until next week, bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us. For all of our programs, head to michellemeow.com. 